There's plenty to celebrate in March and craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iheart radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free ready to celebrate international women's day m&ms and iheart present women take the mic sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other and of course there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure peanut butter m&ms because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hello, America. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you don't have Consumer Cellular yet, now is the perfect time to switch and save. For a limited time, new customers can get wireless service for as low as $15 a month for your first year. Yep, the same exact nationwide coverage as the leading carriers for $15 a month for an entire year. What are you waiting for? Call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com and use code RADIO15. See ConsumerCellular.com slash FIRSTYEAR15 for promotional details. Thinking Sideways is not supported by the bagpiping unicycler. Instead, it's supported by the generous donations of our listeners on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash thinking sideways to learn more. And thanks. Thinking Sideways. I don't understand. Does not compute. You never know. What? Stories of things we simply don't know the answer to. Well, hey there. Welcome to another episode of Thinking Sideways. Um, I'm Joe, joined as always by my lovely co-hosts. Oh, Devin. And Steve. Sure. Uh, <laughs> you know he's not talking about me when he says lovely. Don't care. He was pointing at you, so. Uh, yeah. That was a trick. That well, was a trick. I'm now, sorry. Steve, uh, Steve is a pretty one, actually. He is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty bald one. Ah, well... <laughs> So, uh, so for the time being, at least, we still are a, a podcast that talks about unsolved mysteries. Soon, tr- transfer to cooking. Yeah, we're gonna yeah, we're gonna do something else. I thought it was a, we were gonna be a yoga podcast. I thought it was gonna be archery. Uh, yeah. So we have a lot of work to do to yeah. figure out our new podcast. So let's stick with what we got today. But yeah, for yeah. the time being, there's still a few unsolved mysteries out there. Oh yeah, and before we go any further, I want to thank our our listener Linda. That's Linda with a Y for suggesting this mystery, which. Uh, I thought at the beginning was a simple little mystery, but wow, turns out it's a lot bigger than I realized. Uh, So this week we are going to uh, look into a very, very shocking mass murder. Is it mass murder when five people get killed? No. Yeah. It's not a... It's a multiple murder. Yeah, it's a multiple murder. Probably some of you have heard about this, and if if you live in Britain, of course you've heard about it. And I'm talking about the White House Farm Murders which is one of the most notorious murders in modern British history, I think it's safe to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So depending on who you talk to, and there's a lot of disagreement about this one, mm-hmm. uh, either five people were murdered in cold blood or four people were murdered and then the killer committed suicide. Yep. So what's a good, I guess we're going to go through the whole thing and then we're going to flip a coin and solve this thing. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. That's about how I feel about it. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. So our murders took place in the wee hours of the morning of August 7th, 1985, although I guess it's, it's conceivable that it took place before midnight, too, so it would be August 6th. But, uh, Some I, of them, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was the morning of the 7th. Uh, so at least one of them. At least one of them, yeah. Uh, the place they took, the murders took place at was uh, the farmhouse at the White House Farm in Tolson, Darcy, England, uh, which some of you have probably not heard of. I'd never heard of it before I started reading about this thing. It's a cute little area. Yeah, no, it's, I know. I saw, I looked at it on Google. It's a, it's a nice little town, it looks like. Yeah, it's about 50 miles northeast east of London. Um, the people who owned the farmhouse were Neville and June Bamber, and they uh, were being visited by their adopted daughter, Sheila Capel, and her twin sons, Nicholas and Daniel. They normally lived in London. Uh, Sheila had been diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia in 1983. And her mental state was kind of up and down. She was apparently going downhill. Yeah, kind of going downhill, yeah. It turned out that after the murders, a psychiatrist who had treated Sheila said that she told him, of course, that didn't come out until later, among among other odd statements. And she said a lot of weird stuff to to her psychiatrist. um, But she felt that she was capable of murdering her sons. She also also felt like she was capable of like I don't know mentally directing them to. to I was gonna to, say yeah. she to she, murder other people. Yeah, yeah, she had delusions that she was a dr- in direct communication with God. And also had delusions that uh, she was like um, she and her mother and her two kids were like uh, infected with by the devil or possessed yeah. by the devil. Yeah, yeah, she Just, she was all over the map. Yeah, 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 and so you can sort of see why um people draw people jump to this particular conclusion mm-hmm. about murder suicide when mm-hmm. uh, uh, the parents and, and the kids were found shot to death and Sheila was dead from what appeared to be two self-inflicted gunshot wounds they jumped to that conclusion murder suicide and then they changed their minds about a month later uh this is still really controversial there's there's partisans on both sides of this case mm-hmm. there's a there's a whole uh, I would you could almost call it a movement to reopen this case and retry the case yeah, because of new evidence and stuff like that. And, of course, the police investigation was really bungled. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's, <laughs> actually, it was so bungled, I read somewhere that they said that in uh, the police departments in England often call um, uh, bungling a case uh, doing a bamber. Yeah. Because yeah. it was so bungled that it has become the mark by which everybody measures yes. case bungling. Uh-huh. It is it is epic proportions. Yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, it's really it's really a shame because there's a lot of important evidence that would really resolve this just like that. Yeah. Oh you know? yeah, and, and if and they it's hadn't, gone. and yeah, if they if they'd done it correctly, if they hadn't destroyed things, I mean, there's a whole there's a list of things that we're going to go through yeah. that they could have done better. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. If they had, if they kept recordings and kept better records, and uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm thing. sure we'll right. We'll get into this. In oh moment. yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about this. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, because uh, again, I think if we could get a look at one or two key pieces of evidence, we could probably solve it in about a minute. Yeah, probably. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, more on that later, though. Uh, the Bambers, that's Neville and June. All, they also had adopted a son, Jeremy Bamber, uh, who was 24 at the time this took place. He is currently in prison for life. 
for the murders. For five life sentences. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he sees there's no only, parole. Yeah, there are only in Britain there are only about twenty people who are imprisoned for life without parole. He's one of them. And then the other ones are like serial killers. There are people out there who think that Jeremy is a psychopath who should be locked up forever. Uh, and then there are others who think that this thing is a huge miscarriage of, miscarriage of justice. So we'll report. You decide. We read, or I'd read a little, um, a fair amount about actually the upbringing of uh, these two children, Sheila and uh-huh. Jeremy, and it is very interesting uh, that a house could have produced. I, at the very least, Jeremy, Jeremy has some sort of, sort of disassociative something. He, I mean, seems... he may not be a psychopath, but he's there's some disaffected, disassociative something going on with him. And it's very interesting to me that two children can come from the same family, one with a, such a dissociative disorder and one with such severe schizophrenia. It's... Well, I, yeah. I think, you know, I mean, this is a giant debate and we're not going to go too far into it, but the parenting has some influence on that because yeah. June... This is a pretty good case study in nurture versus nature. Yeah, because right? June was extremely devout and impressed that upon her children in some very strange ways to try to get them to go along with it. So I can see how one of them would kind of break down. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's the right term to use, but mentally just kind of give up. And then the other one just put up a wall and go on autopilot. Yeah. Yeah. I think Jeremy is not an emotional guy. No, not at all. I, I believe it was his cousin who was involved in this whole thing up to a certain extent. His cousin said that uh, he found out at a fairly young age that he was adopted. So what does that mean? That means that somebody had you, gave birth to you, and didn't want you. And they gave you away to somebody else. And know? Jeremy's so that, case was a, was even a little more severe than Sheila's. Sheila's parents were unmarried, and she was an unle- illegitimate child, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and whereas Jeremy's parents had him said, no, no, we don't want him, gave him up, and then got married a few years later and started a family of their own. Exactly. So yeah. I think that, yeah. I, you know, to me, that would be a little yeah. more of a harsh reality to face of like, oh, no, no, they're still together. They just chose they didn't want you. Yeah, exactly. And then um, uh, and then after that, the, uh, the the parents sent Jeremy away to school, mm-hmm. and uh, which probably made him feel even more rejected. Uh, and then he made the mistake of, of confiding to a few of his schoolmates that he'd been adopted. And so then people started calling him like a bast- the bastard and all that stuff. Mm. And so that was probably a mistake on his part. But anyway, but, you know, with all this rejection, I think Jeremy just uh, sort of shut his emotions off. Probably. I also consider him to be a stereotypical British man. Uh-huh. Closed, quiet, reserved, yeah. just... Well, to- to a very extreme extent. Well, I know, but it's 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 what you it's okay. I'm not going to say this is all British men, but this is what you always see portrayed. Stiff upper lip. Stiff upper lip. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And that seems to be, though he took it farther than most. Really far. That's the way I see him. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, but anyway, uh, Jeremy was working on the farm at the time um, for his parents for about 170 pounds a month. And plus he got to live rent-free in a house that was owned by his parents that was about three, three and a half miles away. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you know, he was he was doing okay, but not making money hand over fist. Well, well that's the, not nothing. In no, 1985. No. 1985. 85. Yeah. It's not. It's a good living. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, free rent. It's comfortable. Yeah, free rent. And, yeah. yeah. 
And also, he supplemented his income by growing pot. Uh, they, mm-hmm. they had like 300 acres, and so he was able to find himself a little patch and, and grow <laughs> pot. <laughs> yeah. On the evening of the, the evening of August 6th, he visited the family house, uh, probably, you know, for dinner because of, because his sister was visiting from London yeah, and all that, that stuff. That was the sense that I had is that he did that fairly often. Yeah. Well, he was so close. Free by. meal. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. Yeah. Depending on where you hear it, he was either hunting rabbits a little bit earlier and had his father's father's twenty two rifle out, or else he heard other versions. He heard rabbits outside, so he got the rifle and loaded it up because he wanted to go shoot some rabbits. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he likes shooting animals. Well, I, okay, okay. I know that they said he has said that the family used a gun to shoot rabbits on the property. What mm. I could never find is what was it they were growing on the property. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I've never yeah, found. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. I, I looked. I kept looking, and there's never any mention, you know, of weed farmer, so and so, none of that. Mm. So I have no idea what they what they grow there. Yeah. Well, they grow pot. <laughs> Lots of it. And they obviously have a rabbit infestation. Yeah, yeah apparently. I don't know. Ra- I mean, if you have rabbits on your property, they're pretty easy to kill and they're pretty delicious. So, Well, good point. They're also pretty meat. destructive. Yeah. yeah, that's true, So too. it's kind of, you know, killing a lot of rabbits with one stone. Yeah. <laughs> that was bad. You're welcome. Uh, uh, yeah, back to Eric. Back to so the, anyway, the, the gun. gun. Yeah, he left the, he left the rifle. It was uh, it had, it had a scope on it and a silencer. That's kind of the cool thing about Europe is it's a lot easier to get silencers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, also called moderators, also called suppressors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it was a twenty-two uh, rifle. Yeah, twenty-two. Yeah. We had a 10-round magazine. Uh, so fast forward a little bit about... He left... He When he left the house, he left it on the kitchen table, right? He didn't put yeah. it back in the gun cabinet. No, he okay. left it in the table. That's important later on. Yeah. Later, right? Yeah. Yeah. Later on, uh, later on, it wound up the... Somebody took the scope and the silencer off of the rifle. We don't know who did it or when. And those, the scope and the silencer wound up back in the gun closet. Mm-hmm. Can I ask why you need a silencer or a suppressor to hunt rabbits? I don't think you need it, but I think uh, if you're trying to kill more than one at a time, you That's... probably don't want the sound of the gun to be really loud and scare the rest of the rabbits off. Yeah. Well, if you're hunting with a scope, though, they're at a distance, and 22s aren't that loud to begin with. No, they're they're not. not quiet Just... either, though. Yeah, the, the nice thing about suppressors is that uh, you can shoot without having to put on put in earplugs or earmuffs or anything like that. So that's kind of cool, especially if you got to listen for their little rabbit sounds, you know, to hunt them. And, and so, <laughs> their little rabbit sounds? Little rabbit, whatever oh, yeah, sounds rabbit sounds. rabbits make. <laughs> little you know? rabbit calls? Yeah, the sounds of eggs and ra- eggs being laid by the rabbits, that kind of thing. That's, yeah, yeah, all yeah, that. Yeah. Done. Yeah. All right. Okay. Oh, okay. I just, I... I didn't see the need for the suppressor. But. Uh, apparently, suppressors are fairly popular in Europe, just because it's it's nice, pleasant. It reduces noise. It. Uh, I, I understand it. I'm just surprised. It, it might have been also that perhaps uh, you know they did it out of consideration to the neighbors, but and mm. and they did it because they just you know, again didn't want to wear earplugs. Well, I was going to say for the neighbors, I don't really see that that being a problem because when I looked it up on the map, the nearest neighbor is like a half mile away. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So it's not like they're right next door. But they might be yeah. on the edge of their property when they're shooting rabbits. Sure. Walking yeah. around. It's a possibility. Okay. Mooching, I heard yeah. I recently. That's a ter- term you can use for walking around. Mooching. I did not Mooching. know that. Okay. This, is, this, this next thing is uh, a little bit contested. It's either at 326 or 336 in the morning on, on August 7th. Jeremy called police um, to pass along a message that he'd gotten from his father. His father had called him, he said, from the farmhouse saying that Sheila 
had, had gone berserk. That was his words, and uh, that showed up in the police report, too. Had gone berserk and had the gun. He also apparently at that point called his girlfriend in London for some reason, and then he headed over to meet the... He had talked to the police. The police told him to meet them over at the farmhouse. So he, he went over there, and the police... Uh, one of the police cars passed him on the way. They said he was driving kind of unusually slowly. They thought uh, he was... Because apparently, as it turns out, he usually was kind of a fast driver. So he was driving slowly. 3.30 in the morning, and the guy sells pot. Yeah. Wondering if he wasn't a little loaded. Also, yeah. I can just attribute that to if he, he's telling the truth, being nervous and afraid of what you're going to find, but still having to go. Exactly. Doesn't mean I have to go fast. Exactly. You want, you want the cops to get there first. Well, exactly. That's what I was going to yeah. say is he definitely wanted the cops to get there first. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I, you can't really blame him. Uh, it's, yeah, no, actually, no matter how this shook out, he wanted the cops there first. No. No matter who's guilty. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, makes yeah, sense to me absolutely. on all... I don't think that it's... I don't think it proves or disproves no, I, don't, I don't think it does either, really. I don't think it's suspicious. Um, uh, anyway, the police sent a car um, along about 4.30. I'm getting, I'm getting out, of, out of... I'm kind of getting out of sequence here, but um, he had... Uh, Jeremy had reported that his father had called him and said all that stuff about Sheila. And then he and then the phone just sort of cut off. Is what he said. Although when they found when they went into the house, they found the phone off the hook. About 4:30 a.m., a British telecom phone operator checked uh, checked the farm phone line mm-hmm. and found that it was off the hook. Uh, but all she could hear was a dog barking and nothing else. Hmm. So that's at 4:30 a.m. That's the I. What happened? What was there a dog? Yeah, they had a little, a uh, little small dog. And what happened to the dog? I'm not sure. Dog That's was fine. literally the only thing I've heard about the dog. The dog was fine. The dog was running around the house barking. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Dog was unhurt. Okay. Yeah, that's good. I'm sure they found a home for it. They had an extended family. They did, yeah. But we'll be more about the dog later. This is kind of a <laughs> this. This might just be <laughs> one of those dog, the dog that didn't bark mystery. Mm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at, at that point, Jeremy was kind of urging the cops to go into the house. So they didn't want to because they were afraid of getting shot. Because he had actually he had, had made an inventory of the guns that were in the house. And he also made a drawing of the house. So showing kind of where everybody would be sleeping. And also pointing out some spots where Sheila, if she was still alive and armed, might be hiding and mm-hmm. could potentially ambush them from. Mm-hmm. So And they, he also told them that she knew her way around a gun, didn't she? Didn't he? Uh, yeah, I mean, she wasn't an expert, but she said he said that they had done shooting in the she'd past. She'd used a gun before. She'd used a gun. And, you know, picking up a rifle and pulling the trigger is not too complicated, really. No. no. Well, I don't know. No. I would say, like, I've used a gun before, but I don't know that, like, I don't know that I could actually hit something well, at any kind well, of Well, that's distance. the thing about this case, though, is that whoever did the shooting... <laughs> it was close up. It was really it was, close It was range. extremely think, close range. There was so. no skill involved. I just mean, yeah. like, if a police officer was, like, rushing me, I don't know that I'd be able to be like, Bleh. Yes, yeah, this is not the Call of Duty. You, no. you know, you're done. Yeah, this is no, this is this is no Fallout or anything. No, please, I, I, can we not do that again? <laughs> yeah, I think that it's Portal. I know. <laughs> yeah, but in this in this case, uh, the uh, I think the longest distance was like two feet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no skill needed. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Because the cops were worried about getting shot, they waited for what the the, the equivalent of a SWAT team, which apparently is called a tactical firearms group. And those guys showed up about five, uh, and everybody decided to wait until daylight to go into the house. Does anybody and, uh, else consider this timeline just screwy? Oh, uh-huh. yeah. Oh, yeah. Cops show up at 3.30, SWAT team shows up at five, 
We have had no contact with the inside, but mm, I'm going to have some tea. Wait yeah. for the sun to we're come gonna, up. We're going to chill out. We're going to wait. Yeah. What the heck? I don't know. I mean, I guess in fairness, you're not hearing shot. It's not active shots yeah, happening. I guess yeah. it, on the one hand, you think, okay, somebody could be bleeding out on the floor, right? They could be dying there. But there's also, there's not additional violence happening. It's it's a stable situation in there, whatever it is. If we go in without the support we need, it could quickly become destable. And it wasn't like they have the gear they have now. Right. So I'm, and they didn't know. That makes know, a lot of sense. Uh, you know, so the, once the SWAT team showed up, they probably were like, well, we could. Or, you know, the sun's going to be up pretty soon, so we could just do it then. So we'll wait another hour and a half. Yeah. Uh, yeah, mm. no, I agree. It seems insane to me, but on the yeah. other hand, I... Then again, now that I think about it, CNN shows standoffs for seven hours before uh-huh. the cops go in. So I don't know why I think this is so unusual. Yeah. 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 I, maybe maybe the cops were thinking, hey, you know, there could be somebody in there with a gun, or maybe the guy calmed her down and got the gun away from her, and they all went back to bed. <laughs> maybe, I don't know. <laughs> wait uh, for somebody to get up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah so Walk out to pick up the for, morning paper? Yeah, the what house, are you doing uh-huh. here? Yeah, uh, the house was dark, by the way. And uh, so, yeah, maybe they were going to wait until the light came on. You know, well, they also reported the door. seeing somebody move around in the house. Yes. One of the cops, I think, said he saw, and I think also Bamber said, Jeremy Bamber said he saw saw somebody in a second floor window. But yeah. But then another cop said, you know, we were we just sort of moved side to side, and it, and it looked like it was really just an illusion of, like, the reflection of some moonlight. Mm. And so that's not, not so no, nobody really knows exactly when the last shots were fired. They also said they saw the body of a woman in the kitchen. There was that, too. Somebody said the, the body of a woman, but it turned mm-hmm. out to be the body of Neville, mm-hmm. the older guy. Yeah. Although it's, I heard one report that somebody saw his body and the body of a woman in the Yeah, kitchen. that was what I had read as well. Yeah, which is intriguing. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll talk more about that in a mm-hmm, little bit mm-hmm, later. Mm-hmm. But uh, so, yeah, in, in the meantime, they were they were asking Jeremy questions like uh, whether she really might have gone nuts with a gun and if she was really, truly dangerous. And he, according to him, he replied, quote, I don't, I don't really know. She is an utter. She's been having treatment, unquote. And, well... Oh, that's insensitive, but he said it. I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, truly, he, but he that's said a, that. And... That's a very simple thing about your family members that you'll say. Mm-hmm. She's crazy. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, see. Uh, I would say that about a lot of my family that members. Is. Except that you can't say they're getting the treatment. Yeah. I mean, that's if you tag that on, it becomes mm-hmm. a completely different statement. Yeah, totally. So I can see why they would... Be a little hesitant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, at, eventually they made up their minds, and at 7.34, they, they took a sledgehammer to the rear door of the house and smashed it open. And uh, when inside, they found Neville dead on the kitchen floor uh, with uh, seven bullet wounds in him and a lot of blood. Uh, and also, he was... He outside was, of him. The blood. Uh, outside, yeah. I'm sure there was blood inside him, too. But uh, And he uh, he also had been beaten pretty harshly around the head. He, was, he had black eyes and broken jaw. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, and so there was some furniture overturned. It looked like there had been a struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they went upstairs. They found June dead in the master bedroom. Also, they found uh, Sheila, also in the master bedroom, lying on her back with the rifle laying on top of her two bullet holes in her in her chin underneath her jaw uh apparently a suicide and also her two twin sons were both dead in their beds in their beds they've been apparently shot in their sleep mm-hmm. yeah yeah one had five bullet holes in them and the other one had three they had the cops go back outside and they talked to jeremy bamber and, and inform him that his entire family is dead and apparently uh he kind of lost it 
Well, yeah, I think he was in shock. He cried. He even maybe vomited a little bit. Yeah. Everything I've read, everything I've read says, and he appeared to vomit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's literally how they phrase it on everything. So I don't actually have a clear sense of if somebody said, oh, yeah, he's dry heaving over in the corner or like, I think oh, it was, yeah, he's he was dry sick. heaving or walked around the side of a car and mm-hmm. bent over like he was going to lose his stomach and somebody saw it. Well, that's, that's not unusual. I know a, a friend of mine, she, uh, she lost her little dog that she loved tremendously when she was, was shown the little corpse of her little dog she did that she's like started crying she and she then she threw up and then she passed out yeah <laughs> yeah oh. yeah so uh yeah anyway um let's go back to the crime scene so neville bamber was shot eight times and they concluded that he was shot four times upstairs in the bedroom i think that this was a, a, a like like blood spatter and also just it was, the, it was the cartridges it also was, the blood spatter was one of the key things but i think you're right the, the cartridges, cartridges yeah. probably mm-hmm. were yeah the, the empty shell casings he got downstairs and it's unclear exactly when he made the phone call if he made it at this point or i think more likely he made his phone call before the shooting started but we don't know now i say that because if he indeed made that phone call the phone didn't have any blood on it mm. oh that's right yeah mm-hmm. he also probably couldn't have talked if he had been, because when he got shot, one of the shots, if I remember, it went through his jaw. Yeah, I don't know if they know which one got which which shot was where or when. Well, I think they do know which ones were where, partially because of the the blood spatter. Mm. I wanted to say splatter, uh, but I think they have some. That's why I'm pretty sure they had figured out that he had the one that had gone through his jaw had gone uh, gone in when he was upstairs. So uh-huh. he couldn't have really talked on the phone. Yeah, well, and the other he thing would have been unintelligible. The other thing too is when you got somebody who's trying to kill you, the last thing you do is go make a phone call. You go to your gun closet and get a gun out. Mm-hmm. And so that's probably what he had it downstairs to do. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm guessing, and not and not to make the phone call. So I think he probably made the phone call before the shooting started, if he made the phone call. There's that's controversial. Yeah, he was so he made his way downstairs. There was a struggle. Uh, it appears that there was damage to the rifle, so it appears that somebody butt stroked him and headbutted him with the with the rifle, and mm-hmm. that it probably bludgeoned him into unconsciousness. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to guess that at this point in time, this this gun only held ten ten rounds in the magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so whoever it was that did the shooting bludgeoned him into unconsciousness and then paused, reloaded the gun, and then finished him off mm-hmm. when, the gun was, when the gun was loaded. Can I ask a yeah. question here? And maybe yeah. you don't know. I, I don't remember seeing it anywhere. Did they ever figure out what they thought the order of the killings had taken place in? No, you know, and this is, um, you see, I don't know how... How well fingerprint IDs hold up under under uh, on a cartridge that's been loaded into a magazine and then fired. I would think that you would still be able to lift prints off of that off of that empty shell case shell casing. I would think so, at yeah. least partials. Yeah. So the first ten rounds would have had Jeremy's fingerprints on them. No matter what. No matter what. Because he admitted to loading the weapon and he, then leaving. Yeah, he loaded he loaded the weapon. So that would tell you where the first shots took place. But I don't know if they did that. I know they gathered the casings. And they made note of where each one was. But I, I, I looked around. I was trying to find any information about if they lifted prints off the shell casings. And I couldn't find anything. Okay. Mm. The only reason I'm asking is that I'm imagining that the encounter between Neville and whoever was doing the, the shooting 
had to have caused quite a bit of noise mm -hmm. just with the bludgeoning and the broken furniture. Yeah. So I, it almost leads me to believe that he was maybe one of the last ones to die. Yeah. That's what, what I was thinking too. If the kids were killed in their sleep, uh, well, let's assume that the, the, the silencer was on the rifle mm -hmm. for too, throughout much of the crime. Mm -hmm. So the kids, if the kids were killed in their sleep, well, they must have been killed first, maybe, or maybe June was. I don't know. Maybe. No, I think. I mean, my my guess would be the the boys first, and that's eight rounds. It's eight rounds. So, uh, so you... that poses a logistic. I say that because that's a logistical issue. You've got 10 rounds total, and you've just expended eight of them. No. Okay, if, so you, 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 know, you do that. You go downstairs. You reload. Neville says, oh, I heard something. It's weird. Comes downstairs, and is, it, maybe it's Sheila, mm. right, in this story, and yeah. says, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> she said, oh, nothing. Yeah. Runs oh. away. You grab the phone, make the call, hear a gunshot. Go, oh, oops. <laughs> Drop the phone. Line goes dead. You run upstairs. June's dead now. Uh -huh. How many shots was that? Oh, seven, I think. Seven. June was shot seven times. So you've got three. Yep. So maybe there's a... I, I'm willing to accept in this case, there could have been a margin of error of one shot that yeah. was shot up above, right? He gets shot three times, run downstairs. Uh, he was shot four times upstairs, I think. I'm I'm just saying, I'm willing I to accept. Where, I see where Devin's <laughs> going, and I, I, I suddenly see where the flaw in my logic is, mm -hmm. and maybe probably a lot of people's logic, which is I played too many freaking video games that you expend all the rounds in the cartridge or in the, the clip mm -hmm. before you reload. You know, because yeah, video games make that easy. That. But you, don't, you don't. You're right. I just dawned on me. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do it that mm -hmm. way. So that could very well be it. Or you shoot June once. She was once. shot several, once in the head. That's all it takes. Maybe you shoot her once. Neville comes up, says, "Oh, what are you doing?" You shoot him four times. Chase him downstairs because he's going for the phone again or whatever. Beat him to death. Come back up. Finish June off. And now we all know why this story is such a mystery, because we could do this for another 45 minutes. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Quick, Joe, start taking notes. Sorry. Yeah, Devin sorry. and I are going to keep going. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I know. So I'm just providing one I, I totally possible, understand. But I agree. I think the boys probably would have had gone first. Okay. Because if otherwise they would have... They would have been woken up. They would have been woken up, yeah. and they would not have been peacefully in bed. Yes. Yeah. Well, anyway, as a, as a also, I'm sorry. As a quick question, it was a <laughs> it was a uh, not a semi-automatic. What, what what kind of it was a semi? It was a semi-automatic. Semi-automatic. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'm just yeah, wondering because so. that also explains why there maybe maybe what I would say is an excessive amount of shooting happening to like a small boy in a bed. Right? You need one bullet for that. But if you are not experienced with guns and you pull the trigger a little too hard and it just no, it's a semi, a so extra. it wouldn't have kept going. Yeah, it wouldn't? Yeah. It's not, no. not a full auto, just semi-auto. So you have to pull the trigger every time. Every time. Got it. Yeah. Never mind. But yeah, whoever did it wanted to make sure the kids were dead. So, you know. Want to make sure everyone was dead. Yeah, you could actually you could actually probably survive a gunshot wound in the head. You're probably not going to survive five. Probably not. No. Not, yeah. just That's not pretty rare. Not yeah. a chance, really. Uh, so there was the uh, the shooting that we're not really sure what order it all occurred mm -hmm. in. I'm guessing that uh, say, let's say it was Sheila. She walks into the bedroom and she shoots um, she shoots Neville four times, thinking, "Well, that'll be enough." And then she turns the gun on her on her mother and, mm -hmm. and starts shooting her. Ah. Let's say she shoots her, you know, say four or five, maybe six times. Well, mm -hmm. now she's got an empty gun. Meanwhile, Neville's heading downstairs. Oops, he didn't finish him up with those four rounds. Mm -hmm. 
and you know he's going to go grab himself a shotgun or something. Yeah. So you go out, you go after him, you take that rifle, and you start you start headbutt, you start yeah. hitting him with that thing until he loses consciousness at least enough that you've got a time, just a little bit of time to reload your gun and then finish him off. Mm-hmm. Then you go back upstairs and you pop a few more rounds into mother. Because you don't like her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, Sheila didn't. Neither of the kids she... liked their mom. No, yeah. she Let's was be a fair. piece so of work. No matter, she almost, sounds like a total piece of work. I almost no matter who killed them, they didn't like June. There's yeah. there's one option of a person who maybe yeah. didn't really care. Yeah, and then, uh, of course, you know, Jeremy uh, Jeremy had he had problems with his parents. Mm-hmm. And, and then... He wasn't that crazy about his sister. No. And then he was also really kind of angry and jealous about his sister because she had had her breakdown and everything, and she'd broken up with her husband, mm-hmm. gotten a divorce. And so they bought her a flat in London. And Jeremy is like, Jeremy was a little a little ticked off about that. Yeah, they bought her a really nice flat. They probably were giving her a pretty hefty allowance. Yeah, they were. She was, I mean, you know, she was raising two boys, so she needed more money than he did. And Though, yeah. you know, though of course, that. her husband, her ex-husband at that time, he reportedly said he was doing almost everything for and with the boys yeah. before they came to live with them. But I also, I want to point out... She was 28 or 29? She was 28. 28 when she died. So that makes Jeremy 24. Yeah. 24-year-old men are jealous idiots of everything. Yeah. So I mean, part. So I'm not trying to justify behavior, but I'm also trying to shine a light on this is kind of normal behavior for a 24-year-old dude yeah. to be angry at everybody else because he's not getting his entitled due. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah, that certainly doesn't mean he's a psycho. You yeah, know, no. right? I mean, I've known, I've known a few people that had, like, you know, they were from not super stinking huge rich, but w- very well-off families. And when, and the siblings were all, like, you know, oh, you know, really Squabble. kind of at, at, yeah, at each other's throats over the money and stuff like that. And, yeah. Uh, well, anyway, back to our story. What were we talking about? <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, yeah. The twins. Twins, they were shot uh, eight times total. Mm-hmm. And then Sheila was uh, on the, the master bedroom floor, as I said, on her back, shot twice. And there were no signs of struggle on her body. The, the police said her hands were clean, no lead or powder residue. Uh, and there was no blood on her feet, even though there was blood on the floor. So that was considered kind of significant, and it might be. But and that's significant. Well, because you're saying the blood, because if she had done all this shooting and there was all this blood flying around, she should have had it on her. She should have walked through some of it. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. But, of course, at the same time, you know, when she was done slaughtering everybody, she could have washed her hands. And there were a pair of socks found nearby that were, were blood-stained. And so if she was walking around in her socks and she took her socks off because they were bloodstained and sticky and, and gross, so she takes them off, wipes her feet off, washes her hands, so there, that explains the lack of blood and the lack of uh, lead residue, powder I, residue on her hands. So I think I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm willing to say that the evidence is strong that Sheila was the last one to die. Would you agree with that? Uh, she was either the last or yep. the first. And here's what I would say. She might have been the first. Supposing that she didn't do the killing, supposing it really was Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Now, what they have said, the police, the prosecution has said uh, there are no signs of a struggle on her body. Mm-hmm. You know, no broken, no scratches, no bruises, no broken fingernails, nothing like that. Mm-hmm. Well, if Jeremy had murdered her, and this is one of the, pro- the reasons I, I kind of have my doubts that he did murder her, how, the only way he could have done it without a struggle would have been to kill her first. Yeah, and I guess I'm going off of the the evidence that's been presented with the crime scene photos and the fact that it looks like her blood is 
like real fresh. It still, does. It's still wet. That's that's and that's the thing. It looks like she was the last killed mm-hmm. by far. By by because far. her blood had not coagulated yet. Right. So I I am um of the camp that says that she died last. Mm-hmm. And if she died last and didn't do the killing, if Jeremy or someone else did the killing, mm-hmm. it's even more suspicious to me that she was clean. Because I've seen crime pictures. I mean, the there was a sizable amount of blood around June, for instance. Yeah. There's a lot of blood everywhere. There was stuff going on. She definitely would have been woken up with whatever is happening with Neville downstairs. Either she would have gone down to investigate that. She would have seen her mom. And who knows if she would have been sad of her mom or not. But she would have walked through some blood. There would have been some damage. And then there probably would have been a struggle yeah. with Jeremy, probably, well, maybe not. I don't know what. I don't know how the drugs she was on affected her. They, I know, uh, they're kind of sed, had sedative qualities. Sed, yeah, yeah, sed, yeah, it was kind of a sedative, yeah, antipsychotic. So I don't drug. know if, yeah. if, I don't know, but I, I think that I think but, it's the problem really with her suspicious. having been the first to die is the the coagulation of the blood the, the, that, yeah. that doesn't add up it at all, yeah. and. I swear, correct me if I'm wrong, if either of you know the answer, but I swear that while Jeremy and the police were outside, they heard gunshots. Is that incorrect? I swear I read that somewhere. I didn't uh, read it. No, nah, I didn't either. You um, did a lot more clicking on some websites than I did, I know. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's because you hate colored text. I can't. I'm sorry, you guys. Make, yeah. your, make them black and white. Come on. <laughs> And and black on white, not the other way around. That's the worst. That is the worst. Not on the eyes. You know, actually, my my the worst the worst ones of all are the ones where they have, they they fade away from bright to dark the background Uh behind you. Yeah, I I just hate that. I do too. Oh my god, it's just it's so hard on your eyes. But anyway, back to the mystery. Anyway, I think she likely washed. I mean, there were notes of things like her nails were perfectly manicured still. She was in a pristine dress or sleeping gown. Everything was perfect. And that, to me, sounds like ritualistic cleaning after a crime. Versus, oh, I just happened to make it through this basic bloodbath with not a single drop of anything on me. Yeah, no, I, I think it's, it's highly possible that that's why she she cleaned up, maybe even changed her clothes. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Although they probably would she, have found the clothes. That's a good point. Although, yeah, uh, maybe they the, wouldn't have, because I know that they missed some other stuff. Well, they they, they, pretty yeah, they were not thorough. Well, there is the other answer. Yeah, which is she was naked. If she cleaned up and she took a quick shower, there would be no blood on clothes because she had no clothes to. Be- oh, like oh, if yeah. she had, if she was shooting people naked. Yeah, that's a good point. The I mean, naked assassin. Hey, she she, uh, she she was a model, or she had been. She'd been doing nude photo shoots, yeah, and uh, uh, no, I, I I make jest, but it is completely plausible that in her possible. own home she may have said. Well, I her want parents... to be naked tonight. Now I'm I'm going off the edge, and you know what? I'm doing it. Oh, I'm naked. Well, that's not going to stop me. Well, it was her parents' house. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, that's true. It could she could have been naked. Well, I like that theory. That oh, one other one other thing about um, Sheila's body uh, is that there was a Bible next to it. It was it was open and laying print down, face down, face down. It was June's Bible, right? It was actually June's Bible, mm-hmm. uh, but it was next to Sheila's body. And when you look at the crime scene photos, you can see a note sticking out between the pages somebody and i don't know if that was a note written by sheila or by june it or what it, you know i've looked at the photo and it's it's the it's hard to tell but i almost wonder if it's just a bookmark 
I, uh, yeah. I mean, I've heard it referred to as the note, but since we don't know what it is, I'm just wondering if it was some kind of bookmark. I was just going to say that I, my family members who are intensely religious have their study Bibles and they have notes and stuff stuck in there too. You know, they had a thought or they have uh, something that they want to remember. It relates or to the... Something. Yeah, that relates to that mm. passage or or maybe not, but maybe it's something else. I don't know. True. Yeah. People keep notes it's, in their Bibles sometimes. Yeah, they do. So it's not necessarily significant, but here's the thing is the, the note is gone. Nobody yeah, knows so it. that's... It's, it's weird if it pertains to the case. Yeah. It might not. And I guess it's weird, I, I guess, if it doesn't pertain to the case, because then why is it gone? But Yeah, I mean, it, it might have just been, like, say, notes about various biblical kinds of things, you know. Mm-hmm. And so somebody just thought, ah, we don't need this, pitch it. And on the Bible itself, uh, the defense lawyers were asking for, like, if they, they had any separate, isolated pictures of the Bible. And, and, you know, and, like, especially they were interested in, in finding out what pages it was open to. And the police said... Uh, no, we never took separate pictures of it, and 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 by the way, the Bible itself was destroyed sometime. I don't remember exactly, like 1994, we destroyed it. Great guys, they destroyed a lot of stuff. They did. It was yeah. tons of evidence. Like 10 years after the case. Yeah, and yeah. then. Um, well, there's a limit, I believe, to how long they're required to keep certain evidence, but in a case where it's still being appealed continually, it's amazing that they did it. Yeah. That, they, that they destroyed it. You read, you read why they did, right? The police department that was in charge, that had custody of all this stuff, said, "Oh, we didn't know the case was ongoing." <laughs> really? Yeah, really? that was their official statement. Was we burned it because we were unaware that the case was ongoing. Yeah. Really. Okay, I'm going to yeah. use that. Great, great yeah, going, guys. Yeah, no, it's, it's a, there's a lot of stuff in this in this case, like the uh, the phone calls. If it's true that Neville called the police, and there is there is some evidence that Neville Bamber called the police, there is and actually, then he, and there's a, and then he and then supposedly he called Jeremy, and then Jeremy called the police, and they called differently because I know yeah. Jeremy didn't use nine nine nine. Yeah, he didn't. He called the station's number directly. Yeah, and uh, and I believe Neville called nine nine nine. I think so. Yeah, and uh, the thing about it is, is uh, those were recorded. But the recorder, the recordings were deleted after 28 days, which is a crying shame because that would solve the mystery. Yeah. Yeah. It's a damn shame. I mean, uh, anyway, back into this thing. Well, they had, <laughs> it was a, there's a picture even of the log. Yeah. There's two different logs of two different, of, of apparently two different phone Because there are two calls. different stations. Yeah. Yeah. So one of them said, uh, somebody identifying themselves as a Mr. Bamber called and said, my daughter, who's 26 years old, is... It's gun berserk and has a gun. Has gun berserk and has a gun. Yeah. And then that was it. And then the other call was, oh, Jeremy Bamber says his dad called him and... I mean, it's pretty solid evidence. Well, and there's, yeah. there's different timestamps. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, about 10 minutes difference. Yeah. Well, and that's yeah. the funny thing is I remember reading and it, it it just stood out as odd to me that they have two different timestamps and they're almost exactly 10 minutes apart. Yeah. But one of the rationales is obviously the officer who was taking the note misread mm. the time on the clock and it should have been 24 instead of 34 yeah, after like, the hour or whatever it was. It was like the, it was like the one of them was 326 and the other one was 336. Yes. And um, I believe that Bamber's, Jeremy Bamber's call was at 336? Yes. Right. But here's, here's the deal is that in response to Neville's call, they had dispatched a car to the farmhouse at 335. Yep. Yeah. 
And yeah. so, I don't know, man. It's not, not just incompetence at a certain point. I mean, <laughs> I mean it's it like... Is, it's, at some point, you kind of think it's suspicious. Yeah. bad. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Suspiciously incompetent. Yeah. I mean, maybe somebody didn't like Jeremy. I don't know. Oh, I'm. I have no doubt in my mind that a lot of people didn't like Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, he said, yeah, he doesn't seem like a likable guy, but Mm-mm. that doesn't mean he should be in prison. No, no, no. But on the bright side, in prison, he has obviously got a lot of time to work out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. he he's, does. He's got time to. He's got lots and lots of time to work on his appeals because he just keeps appealing this case. But and... he's also working on his guns, evidently, because the photos of him today, he mm, is kind of a big dude. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, keeping it in shape, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, back to our mystery. Uh, three days after the murders, Jeremy's cousins went to the house because they felt like the police had probably... They, they, they didn't feel like the police were really paying proper attention. Yeah. And they wanted to go search the house themselves. They, they, they were suspicious, right? They thought they Sheila wasn't capable of that sort of thing. So they thought, yeah. well, clearly somebody else did it. And the police didn't search for evidence, which is fair. I mean, you know, they they said, well, the gun always had a suppressor and a scope on it and mm-hmm. neither of those things were on the gun when you found it so where were they and the police said we didn't find it well and evidently <laughs> they weren't easy i imagine the suppressor wasn't hard but the i know the scope required a screwdriver to take mm-hmm. it off mm-hmm. uh yeah but i mean it's like it's one of those one of those things probably a screwdriver maybe even just a, a dime or a nickel you know something like that it's, it's not they're not hard to get off yeah. at all it's not Anybody could do it. And, of course, the suppressor just screws right on. They So when they, in their searching of the house, they went to the gun the closet. Cousins. Yeah, the cousins mm-hmm. did, yeah. And they found the silencer in the just gun right closet. Just right there. Yeah. Right exactly where it would yeah. be. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Good and job, this is, coppers. Yeah, this is and they, they, they keep calling this everywhere. They call it the gun cabinet. Mm-hmm. But really what it is, it's a small little stubby closet underneath, underneath the, stairway, the stairs. Underneath yeah. the stairway. It's the Harry Potter closet. It is. Yeah, exactly. It totally is. Yeah. yeah. So it, uh, they noticed that it had red paint on it, and it was also sticky with a little bit of blood. Uh, so they they uh, called the police, and the police eventually came by and got it. Took three them, days. Took them two no, or three days later. I yeah. thought it was ten. Three no. days later. Okay, three mm-hmm. days. Three days later, they went and got it. Mm-hmm. There was something else ten days. Was it when they took photos? Official crime scene photo. There was something that happened. There was something like here. that. That yeah, it yeah. was. How, well, they had how, how long? How does it take that long? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely no. They they actually took crime scene photos like the day of. But not yeah. great ones, right? Yeah, but they were thorough enough to to to, to bring up one one anomaly. Really interesting anomaly. A really interesting mm-hmm. anomaly. Yeah. Uh, so the family, the the cousins, when they found this thing, they saw that paint. Uh, they went back to the farmhouse looking for the source of this red paint that was on the suppressor, and they found it in the kitchen where the big fight took place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a there's an August stove, like a big old I don't know a oil stove, mm-hmm. old fashioned kind of stove, and there was a red a mantle over it that was painted red, and there were a bunch of scratches and gouges in this thing, and that paint did match the paint on the suppressor. Uh, and but, wasn't there red paint like underneath it too that they matched to actually the nail polish color that was on Sheila's toes? Well, yeah, they were looking for flecks of red paint in the in the crime scene photos because mm-hmm. the, the the defense the Bamber's defense team hired a, an expert in photo analysis, and he he was expecting to find flecks of red paint underneath where all this happened in the crime scene photos. Right, he like did not he would. see it. Yeah. He saw a fleck of something red, and he finally mashed it to a, a chip in um, Sheila's, Sheila's toenail, toe, yeah. her, to- her toenail polish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And uh, so a chunk of that came off. Yeah, apparently. So maybe there was a struggle. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But, but the the marks on the mantle weren't in the original crime scene photos, right? They weren't visible in the original crime scene photos. Which is crazy. Yeah. So this is that's and a, really suspicious. That's a little suspicious, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah. Okay. Let's move on, and we'll talk about that some more later. <laughs> after uh, uh, so after the funerals, they had they, uh, they had a funeral for Neville in June, and then they had a separate funeral for Sheila and the kids. And then uh, Jeremy Bamber went to Amsterdam. He tried to buy a large amount of drugs and offered to sell some nude photos of Sheila. Actually, what it, what it, what it really was, I don't, I don't. He actually didn't do that in Amsterdam. He came. He was back in Britain, and he went to the Sun, which is a tabloid. I was I was gonna guess it would be the Daily Mail, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You had a good shot. It's close. Yeah, no, he went to the he went to the Sun and uh, and he said, hey, I've got some I got some uh, some I don't know if they were totally naked pictures or just kind of revealing pictures or what they were, but the guys the guys at the Sun thought it was kind of creepy and inappropriate. Even for, the guys at the Sun. I know, I know. Thought it was creepy and inappropriate. I know, I know. Seriously, and so I mean, this is like just. Not very much, not long at all, like after her death. No. Yeah, just weeks. weeks. Yeah. And he's offering to sell naked pictures over to the newspaper because he wants some cash. And so uh, they just decided, well, screw him. And so they ran a front page story about how he had tried to sell naked pictures of his freshly dead sister to them. Kind of embarrassing. Not a great story. (laughs) No. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, after his little jaunt in Amsterdam, he he and he, he was spending a lot of money because oh, well, surprisingly, he had all kinds of funds available to yeah, him. Yeah, he, he inherited before like half a million dollars, right? Half a million uh, pounds. Ha- half a million it was, pounds. He got like four hundred thirty-six thousand pounds. Pretty know, it was close. Like, it was a lot of money. Yeah. Well, then yeah. I, all of that wasn't cash money. This is assets. Right. Yeah, assets and all that stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. No, he, had a I, lo- he had a big bankroll available. Though. I guess I, I just want to point out a lot of people think it's really, really suspicious that he went out and was partying and doing a lot of drugs and stuff like Uh-oh. that. Frankly, if my whole family died in a really gruesome way and then I had a lot of money, I would be trying to escape reality whatever way I could. Yeah, I would buy the most amount of drugs that I could possibly buy. I would Charlie Sheen that stuff. Yeah. I would, just, I would yeah. go full Charlie Sheen. I would like be snorting everything I possibly could, drinking everything I could, sleeping with whoever I could, just to get away from the reality. Yeah. And so yeah. I think it's just so dumb that people are like well he did go no, spend a lot of money it's like it's well yeah asinine. what what else are you gonna do well, it's asinine your whole family was just murdered and, and everybody thinks it's okay you go to a funeral and then afterwards everybody raises a drink to that person mm-hmm. that's totally okay mm-hmm. well in my family we tend to raise more than one. Oh, well, yeah. you too we're irish yeah yeah <laughs> well and, and then you know so you go but yeah you Bring the great point of the, his extended family doesn't like him, and he probably doesn't like them very much. He doesn't now, at least. Yeah, sure. And so he's going to go grieve in the only way that he can figure out as a dumb 24-year-old guy. Yeah, yeah. that's the other part we forget. He was well, 24 years old. And Yeah, and, and the other thing to remember is that it, it might very well be that he didn't like anybody in his family, mm-hmm. and he wasn't that sorry to see him gone. Yeah, that doesn't that's necessarily, also possible. That doesn't make him a murderer. That's no. true. Yeah. Makes him a big jerk, but... Mm-hmm. Probably. I mean, yeah. And Jeremy, about a month after after the murders, he screwed up big time. He uh, it was Whether guilty or not, he yeah, screwed yeah. up yeah. big time. He screwed no, he's up. guilty of this. I think yes. what, I, what I heard happen is, uh, is he was with Julia, his, his girlfriend, Julie Mugford. 
and he'd been dating her for several years. Mm-hmm. Two years. Yeah. And, uh, She's the one that he called that night. Yeah, yeah, That's she right. did. Right. Yeah. And uh, she, he had apparently told her all kinds of details about what he did. Apparently, she was in on, she was in the know about the murder, which to me is telling telling anybody. Supposedly, supposedly she yeah. was. Uh, so anyway, apparently they were they were together. I think at his place, and he got a phone call from an ex girlfriend, and then he, uh, she overhears him making a date with his ex girlfriend, and so she flew into a rage, threw some stuff at him, and. and it, it, it was kind of kind of a little physical altercation. He dumped her, and uh, which is a really stupid thing to do. It's really stupid to tell somebody all these details about the murder that you yeah. committed, and then dump her. Yeah, uh, really yeah. dumb. Yeah. Well, he she like threw a bunch of stuff at him, and then he twisted her arm behind her to get her to stop. Yep. And then she stormed out. Yeah. And then wasn't it? Four days. Half the half the time I read that she went to the cops, and the other half the time I heard that they pulled her in for some stuff. She was well. She had been. She yeah. had had troubles with the, with the police. Uh, she, yeah. Several other things. There was some theft. There was a bad. There some, were a bad lot checks, of things. So. Yeah. There was pot. Uh, there was pot. There was, uh, there was breaking and entering. Breaking, there was pot. Yeah. Theft and yeah. uh, one other. Yeah, this is one of the things that thing. kind of reduces her credibility. But uh, she was she was the star prosecution witness in yeah. Jeremy Bamber's trial. Believe it or not. So uh, she she told the cop something. So she went to the right. police and changed her story because they they had they had talked to her oh, of about course. what happened and everything. They had at least done that. Yeah. So she goes to them and she tells them uh, that uh, actually Bamber said that he hated his parents. He, he he said at one time what he really what he really wanted to do was go over there for dinner and, and drug them and sedate them and then come back a little later on when they're all passed out and burn the house down. That was one of apparently his fantasies. And he had talked about murdering them in other ways. And she also said she saw uh, Jeremy's mother's bike at his June. house. June's bike. No, it was June's bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, and that was a that was a key part of the prosecution's case was that he bicycled over there to murder everybody. Yeah, instead of so he could leave his car there and his car wouldn't be seen on the roads. And uh, he, she said that he phoned her. She said a lot of stuff. I'm not going to tell everything. <laughs> yeah. She really did. Uh, she, she spun a tale. Yeah, she did. She she called him up that night, the night of the murders, and said, tonight or never. And then she said that she went to the farmhouse in the morning of August 7th after the, the murders because apparently Jeremy wanted to see her and, then, you, know, you know, have somebody that, she, that he knew Comfort. to talk to. Cared um, about, maybe. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Presumably. So the cops went and got her and brought her there, and, and supposedly... He took her aside when they got there, and according to her, mm-hmm. and she said, "quote I should have been an actor." Unquote. Yeah, he that he told her. Yeah. That sh- that he should have been an actor. He was doing so well, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, although there was the same thing when she showed up. There was a, I, I saw an interview with one of the policemen who was there investigating at the time, and so they took them into the house and they found a room that what didn't have a corpse in it <laughs> which <laughs> and, was hard to do yeah i know yeah. wasn't easy yeah yeah and they, and they found a room that didn't have a corpse in it and they said yeah you guys can just go in there just go in there and be together and yada yada and then they shut the door and the cop says he could swear that just assumed that that door shut he heard a laugh he said that he wasn't sure he was like at the time i, I thought he was saying i like i thought well maybe it was a cough Hmm. But it was like, it sounded like a laugh. Well, wasn't there some report of when Jeremy was at the funerals that he was kind of, you know, oh, I'm really, really sad. And then like gave this huge smile to his cousins or something like that. Yeah, it was his cousins. Just, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, they were in the car and uh, his cousin, David, David Boatflower. Mm-hmm. 
said that he was in the back seat, and he turned around and he gave him a huge grin at just as soon as they were out of sight of the funeral. Mm-hmm. And then he said his other cousin, I think it was his cousin, said, said he did it, didn't he? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, again, it's you know one of those, just because he didn't like his family doesn't mean he killed them all. Oh, absolutely not, yeah. It, Especially it, it the other a... thing to point out, I guess, is that in all of the stories, uh, all the tellings that Julie has of all of his fantasies of killing his family... It was, it was, again, it was not very personal, right? It was like poison them and set the house on fire, not look them in the eye as I shoot them point blank 20 times, right? Not 20, well, that's an exaggeration. But uh, in most of the things that he said, it, I, I think, you know, we all read kind of the same stuff and she said that he fantasized about killing them in multiple different ways. And I think every single one that I remember reading was poison and do something or drug and burn the house down or yeah, something. I, None was, of it was uh, personal. Yeah, he certainly didn't detail anything like, hey... Intimate. Yeah, Yeah, intimate is the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and so I don't know if she made this stuff up or not. Apparently her, one of her roommates also said that that Jeremy hated his his parents and they hated hated his family. Mm-hmm. So maybe he was going around talking about how much he hates his parents. But he, again, the guy was 24 years yeah. old. Yeah. You know? And you, you, you tend to be, say and do kind of jerkish things at that age. I said stuff like that all the time. Yeah. I say it oh, about yeah. you two all the time. I mean, oh, yeah. I can understand where he's coming yeah, from. Yeah, me too. I'm going to murder these two yeah. and start my own podcast. <laughs> I do. Every yeah. time I listen to the I'm going to murder like, you two oh. and then do a podcast on just your murders. Yeah, it'll be yeah. like serial. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my own podcast with blackjacks and hookers. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. All right, so we oh, we, we to, know she's questionable. Yeah, oh yeah, she is. Oh, oh, she she also said that Jeremy said that he hadn't done it, but that he had hired a plumber named Matthew McDonald to do it for two thousand pounds. Okay, which That's is weird. a really really bargain basement price for murdering five people. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, and actually, that guy turned out to have an alibi. Obviously, the police pulled him in. Mm-hmm. And he had a good alibi. So ironclad is what they say. That's what they say. And wasn't didn't uh, wasn't she granted immunity for like all of her crimes? In oh yeah, exchange well, for yeah, no, her testimony got out of a lot of trouble. Yeah, that's another reason to question her. Uh, question her reliability as a witness uh again she's angry about being jilted uh yeah. she did have a history of dishonesty mm-hmm. she was you she's know, motivated she's motivated mm-hmm. by this disagreement with the Give testimony that they want to hear yeah and then she doesn't have to go to jail <laughs> yeah and so at this point the police put him under surveillance or that's i'm talking about jeremy, jeremy yeah. and they saw that he was selling off the family silver and, and, and antiques and stuff like that to raise cash uh, and doing a lot of partying and so at at, at one point he, he'd gone off to saint tropez for a, a vacation when he came back and he got off the plane they arrested him and that was in september 85 about a month after the murders mm-hmm. And then a year later, the trial started. That's October 86. Uh, the prosecution's theory was that Jeremy left the farm about 10 p.m. and went back to his house and then came back by bicycle in the wee hours of August 7th. Uh, he broke into the house to the bathroom window, which apparently, I, I think the latch was defective or broken. or there was He could use a, a, a head knife. Right. Had a knife, yeah. He could use that to unlatch it. So he snuck in. Here's the problem that I have with this is that if he snuck in and surprised everybody in their sleep, what about the dog? What do you mean, what about the dog? The dog, dog knew him. Well, the dog still would have barked some until the dog established who he was. The dog would hear if him he coming was, in. If he was breaking, if he was coming in through a window, dog would have barked. I think so, yeah. 
My dog, my parents' dog barks at me when I walk in the front door. Uh, yeah, but I have known plenty of dogs who sleep on the bed with their master and something falls on the floor downstairs and the dog doesn't budge. Mm, yeah, that's true. But this I mean, just was... because they have a dog doesn't mean the dog is going to go bananas. That's true. Although the dog was doing a lot of barking later on. Of course, that, there, it, were, there were a bunch of corpses in the breakfast house. Breakfast time. So. Yeah, but no, I mean, just because there's a dog doesn't mean that he couldn't that the dog would have gone haywire when mm. he came in. The dog may have walked into the hallway and he went, "Hey, Poochums, how's it going?" Oh, oh it's you. Okay, no big deal. Poochums. Yeah. Oh yeah, don't you call your you dog? You don't Poochums? have a dog. <laughs> <laughs> I have two cats that think they're dogs. So, we oh know. Uh, yeah. Anyway, where are we at here? Uh, so I will try to reconstruct the whole crime thing. So assuming that Jared. Uh, this is just what the prosecution says. Uh, he he got the rifle, went up and shot his parents. Uh, Neville runs downstairs. There's a fight. He finishes Neville off, goes up and shoots shoots Sheila, and then shot the twins as they slept. Uh, then he arranged the scene to incriminate Sheila, uh, the Bible, and, and he put the silencer away because he figured out at this point in time that her, her arms were just not long enough for mm-hmm. her to pull that trigger when the silencer was on the end of that gun. Uh, took the, he also took the phone off the hook, uh, went out the window, cycled home, and then called the police and said he'd gotten a phone call from his dad. Uh, they argued, the prosecution that has argued that Mamber had not received a call from his father. And I don't know how, how, they, could, how they could really argue that. How, how can he say that he didn't receive a call? Again. How do you prove that? You would think, we're very spoiled in this day and age with phone records. Oh yeah, I know. And I don't know if they just weren't logged or what. Mm-hmm. Well, I think also the, the argument was, right, that um, since Neville had been shot through the jaw in the bedroom and the yeah. phone that was off the hook was the one in the kitchen, the argument was that by the time he'd made it to the kitchen, there was no way that he could, that he could have made the phone call. And there was the assumption that that would have mm. been the only time he was in the kitchen that evening I, when that was happening. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't... I think it's shoddy, I but yeah, I, I don't, think that was probably their argument. I, yeah, I wouldn't assume that. I mean, I, that's what they do, too. I don't, I don't assume that, because... Because I think I, I would think he made the again. If if she's acting loony with a gun, that's when you that's when you pick up the phone. Mm-hmm. If she's already shooting, you don't go for the phone. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. have well, you go for the shotgun. That's the other thing that is. If Neville got shot several times and he called, uh-huh. and he calls his son, and I know that Jeremy said well, or people said well, he was the keep it in the family kind of guy, mm-hmm. but. I've just been shot three or four times. Call an ambulance. Why didn't you call the ambulance yourself? Well, that's it. And that, that's one of the things that they were saying, too, is that why would he have called Jeremy instead but of calling did, the police? But he did call the police. It appears there is evidence that he called the police. But he yeah. would have said to the police, I've been shot three or four times. Send an ambulance. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Which is why I think it's reasonable to assume that he called before he got shot yes he, he did yeah i think he called before the shooting started he did yeah, and he, he called, called him he called i think he likely called the cops and then he called his son and said you are three miles away and you've got a car come it, talk your sister down come yeah. help me yeah it's call not, the cops before you leave so there's more people coming yeah it's but not your sister's gone crazy mm-hmm. or he called his son first and said hey call the cops 
and get over here or just get over here if he did want to keep it in the family right i don't think he told him to and call then, the cops he just he just said he just you said know, hey your, yeah. your sister's gone crazy need you over here right get now. over here please yeah. The line goes dead because he said, you know, he said he said what he needs to say, stiff upper lip, you know, shortened to the point. Line goes dead. He you know, touches the receiver. I'm doing, I'm miming it. Yeah. <laughs> touches the receiver because I remember those phones, right? Dials nine nine nine. Completes the call that was logged at the other spot. Says, okay, there's these people, you know, and then drops the phone and you know, to pursue whatever. I think, or it's, the or the phone could have gotten knocked, you know, knocked off the, the the cradle during the struggle, or during too. the struggle, yeah, yeah, and uh, or the cops but, could have done. I mean, yeah, no, I, again, I, 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 there's no blood on the phone because the phone call was made before the shooting started. I, it I has agree. to be. It, it, I agree with that. Nobody, nobody tries to make. There a was phone a call. phone call made. I have, yeah. I, so I have one question for the police records of the calls. Did they they traced the phone number that the call came from, or the caller identified where they were coming from? Both, Do you know? Both I, yeah. times the caller identified. Uh, when did? Oh yeah, so the caller gave their phone number. I think that's I what it was. I don't think there was. I don't even know if there was a phone number. Okay. Was there, no, there were phone numbers on both reports. I mean, the the one that supposedly came from Neville had the address, the White House Farm. My reason for asking that is uh, the timeline's weird and the call to Jeremy is weird and the whole thing doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. And so it made me start to wonder if maybe it wasn't Neville that called him, but if it wasn't his sister that called, mm. Hey, I've killed mom and dad. Oh, I don't know called... what's going on. I've got some problems. So then he hangs up. He calls the cops saying he's Neville to get them to go over. And then 10 minutes later, it's like, um, um, crap, I'm going to call the cops again, but I can't be dad this time. So I'll just be myself, especially if they don't, they're mm. not identified by did, a traced number. Did That's they have point. photo or did they, did they have caller ID? Uh, no. I don't think in they did. See, and that's why they, yeah. they can't in ever confirm. Yeah. They can't. can't confirm this phone call to Jeremy from mm. the house. So I suddenly wonder if maybe it, I mean, I don't want right. to sully on the dead, but maybe it really was her. And she called up her brother confessing what she had done and saying, I don't know what to do. I just realized I killed them all. I guess. Holy crap. The only yeah. argument against that is that the relationship between the siblings did not seem to be particularly robust. No, it it seems like she would have warm. probably called her ex-husband before she would have called her brother. Yeah, but he would was you 50 call miles... your ex-husband and he say, was... hey, I just killed our children? I think she had a better relationship with her ex-husband than she did her brother. It sounds like it wasn't a totally bad relationship, but he was 50 miles away in London. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 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 And it just... That's not a bad point. I... Again, I just these are things that I keep thinking about because there's so many weird things in this case. I'm like, well, you know, it it could potentially fit. Yeah, but yeah. then why would she have killed herself? Guilt. It's usually why the person at the end mm. does themselves yeah, in is they true. can't stand what they've done. Yeah. Yeah, or maybe uh, maybe she she called Jeremy and, and Jeremy says, "Well, you killed them all." And and she says, yes, I've killed them all. What am I going to do? He says, well, usually what people do in these cases is kill themselves. <laughs> no, I mean. Okay, that's making you have to be probably We probably should. <laughs> yeah, we should probably fair. keep going a little bit because oh, yeah. I know Joe and I talked about a theory we have. 
Uh, okay, anyway, to summarize uh, what I think is wrong with the prosecution's theory, again, um, Neville was too badly injured to have spoken anyway, no blood in the kitchen phone. He was not, and he, he had to have made that phone call if he made it before the shooting started. Yeah. Uh, almost certainly. I, I'm not yeah. going to disagree with that at all. Yeah. So that's uh, so. Let's get back to the silencer for a second. They Which found one? The silencer. Uh, yeah, the one that the, the one that was on from the twenty two that had the blood on it and inside it. Well, but it's not the only silencer that was in the house. No, I know, but that was the one that actually went with that twenty two rifle. Is that true? Because I I know that there were several silencers and there were several guns, and that the guns got mixed up and relabeled in police custody at least once. Mm -hmm. Again, great investigation, guys. Which, okay, makes me wonder if there wasn't more. And I I don't Mm -hmm. remember. I don't remember seeing it specified what type, but I do remember seeing suspicions that they had mixed them up. Mm-hmm. And that the one that had the blood in it wasn't actually the one that the prosecution was saying originally had been used. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's always possible, but the, the the police wound up with a silencer in their possession that did have red paint on it. It did have blood on on, on the outside and also inside. Because mm-hmm. you know how silencers work, right? They're, yeah, they're like a tube with a bunch of baffles that have just a hole through the middle of them. And so apparently there was a. a a, not a huge amount, but a little bit of back spatter. Uh, or Which back makes splatter. sense at a short distance, right? Short distance, yeah. even contact wounds, mm-hmm. you know. Like, so the first, like, four or five of these baffles had some blood on them. And they said it was the same blood type as Sheila's. They said it was the same blood Blood, blood group. group. Yeah, I know. I, I assume that's British for blood type. I no, know. it's not. Okay. Here's how this goes, because I actually read into this. So... In humans, evidently, there are one of two blood groups, or at least in that family, there was one of two blood groups, AK-1 and AK-2-1. I don't understand what those things are. I don't know what they it's. I don't know what it means either. If I saw it in front of me, I could say the words, but they are different groups. And the thing is, is that the technology wasn't all that great. It wasn't as if they were sequencing the DNA. Yeah. AK-1 is not only present in human blood, apparently, from the stuff I've read. I don't know if that's true, but what I've read is that, well, actually, this, this um, is it an N? Oh, I can't remember exactly what the AK-1 stands for, but it's in the blood of other critters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> rabbits so and like dogs rabbits. and cats included. Yeah, yeah, like, so there's, there, uh, there is some issue in that we found blood on it bit. Yeah, I, uh, so it, 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 it doesn't sound like, and there was some, and I'll talk about this in a little bit, the... Um, now that we have DNA, of course, I don't know if the silencer is still around, if they destroyed that, too. I think it's still around, and they did a little checking. That was my understanding, too. My understanding is that they tracked down Sheila's actual bio-mother. But we'll talk, I'll talk about that in a minute. So, because there was a, that blood from Sheila's blood group in that silencer, then uh, the prosecution argued that she was shot with the silencer on the gun. And therefore, she couldn't have done it herself. It had to have been murder. Because her arms, again, were not long enough to reach the trigger. And I'll yeah. mention, I read somewhere online somebody saying, well, she was barefoot, so she could have pulled it with her toe. But please remember, the silencer was not on the gun when it was found. Yeah, no. So there's no way she could have pulled it with her toe. Yeah. Okay. Just... And there's no way she could have shot herself, taken it off, 
put it in the cabinet, and then gone back to where she died. At least not as pristine as she was. No, well, no. One of the shots went No, I know. I'm just neck. saying, but like additionally. Yeah. Actually, that neck one apparently would have not immediately killed her. It was the one yeah. that went into her head. So but she, it would have killed her. It would have eventually, eventually but if she out. had shot herself in the neck, thought, oh, just kidding, this isn't going to work with the silencer on. For some reason, took it off, went down to the gun cabinet, put it back in the gun cabinet, came back upstairs, shot herself again. It, that's not possible. Yeah, there's just, a... Just, just no. dispel that. It just, yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, there's a competing theory out there, which is that she was going to try to shoot herself. She realized it wouldn't work. So even the first shot, she just she took the suppressor off. And I don't know how much, how much of a neat freak Sheila was. She took the suppressor off. She put it away. I mean, you know, you know for all I know... The suppressor, she took it off in the kitchen and set it on the table. And then somebody came along, like the police, and they said, oh, what's this doing laying out? And I'll just, I'll just put it in the gun cabinet over there. Because this is something <laughs> we know? haven't because, actually addressed yet, is yeah. the number of people who came through this crime scene. Oh, yeah, yes. it's like, like about 50-some. Like about it know? was a circus. 50 oh, yeah. people came through this crime scene before anybody. And there's even evidence to suggest that the bodies were moved. Yeah, there is. Before, they were, before pictures were taken of them. That would absolutely corrupt any kind of body placement, anything of a suicide. Oh, yeah. And, and there's pictures that are taken that show the gun having been moved and mm-hmm. laying, uh, I think it's leaned up against a wall near mm-hmm. a window, and you can see it in another photo accidentally. Yeah. But then it's back with Sheila. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's some things. So that, that's yeah. also worth mentioning as well. It's yeah. totally Absolute possible circus. that, you know, there was just a silencer rolling around and somebody thought no i'll just put this away yeah it's totally seems unlikely but i guess i'm i'm not i wouldn't be shocked to find out that that happened no me neither uh oh the prosecution last to sum up the the prosecution's arguments uh it was claimed that she had no knowledge of guns and no interest in guns she lacked the strength to overcome her father uh and there was no evidence in her clothes or body that she had moved around the crime scene or been involved in a struggle Mm -hmm. But again, I, I I don't find that dispositive myself because she had the rifle. So the rifle was empty. Her father was still up and about, but wounded. Mm-hmm. He was wounded, had four bullets in him. Mm-hmm. So And she had a rifle that made a nice handy club. And yeah. so it wouldn't have been hard to bludgeon him mm-hmm. until, until he was unconscious. And it's then also hard reload. to know uh, if in a situation like this, you one assumes that a, that a, a person would fight back. But uh, sometimes you find you read about these cases where, you know, a daughter's like just totally beaten on their dad and their dad isn't fighting back because they don't want to hurt their daughter. Yeah, it could be. It's possible. It's not likely in this situation. It's more likely he was just too injured to fight back. But (laughs) it's it's always possible. Yeah. I mean, he's losing blood and he's like got four bullet holes in him. And Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So the uh, the trial ended with a conviction. Uh, October 28th, 1986, uh, the jury found 10 to 2 that he was guilty. So if he had gotten one more, one more not guilty vote from a juror, he would have been let go. But he was, uh, he was found guilty, sentenced to five life terms. And by the way, the judge in this case really, I think, moved the goalposts on him. When he said, when you, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. It was supposed to, well, it was originally supposed to be a unanimous yeah. verdict, but they were having trouble reaching a verdict. So the judge basically said, "Hey, you don't. You just need a, you, you just need to get uh, at least nine out of twelve. So I'm going to change the rules on you. You know. So instead of having to be unanimous, well, he also yeah. said that they could convict 
solely on the testimony of the ex-girlfriend. Those were his instructions, yeah, that you can convict solely on her testimony, which I think... I th- I think is a highly questionable movement. Yeah, you know, well, I think the evidence against Jeremy Bamber is really kind of thin. It's, yeah, doesn't, it's doesn't mean he didn't do it. But let's let's examine this. For example, there is absolutely no forensic evidence that links him to the crime scene. I mean, no, his one of his fingerprints was found on the rifle, but he was handling the rifle just the night before. So you know, that's not exactly damning evidence. And Sir, he are would we doing, have handled it in the past? Are yeah. we doing theories now, or I think we should. Well, yeah, well, yeah no, I, I just you know, I just I'm just saying that um, I just wanted to sum it up by saying I, it's kind of remarkable that they got a conviction in this case, considering, I think, how thin their, their their case really was. Okay, let's talk about the theories. So we've got some some possible perpetrators here. And we've talked about some of this stuff. Oh, yeah, 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 we have. Um, again, I wanted, I wanted to talk about the 22 shell casings for a little bit. Uh, I, I, I don't know if they were fingerprinted or not. I was, I, for all my looking, I was not able to find it. I know they, I know they picked them up, they cataloged them, um, how many were in this room, how many in that room, and yada, yada. But I don't know if they fingerprinted them. Yeah. But if any of them had had, had Sheila's fingerprints on them, a single one of them, then I'm, the case is solved, kids. I agree. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea if those things are still around. Probably not. And um, if none of them had Sheila's fingerprints on them... Uh, then well, it's a correct conviction. Yeah, then there you go. That explains it, too. And it, it would have been nice to take a look at the note that was in the Bible, because it, it probably was not a suicide note, but it would have been nice. To, yep. you know, it would have been good if they could have at least taken a picture of it before they lost it. But we also mentioned just briefly the phone logs. It turns out there are records of a phone call from Neville, as well as Jeremy. Yeah, we right. Yep, about we that. talked about that. Yeah, okay. Uh, Sheila was on, uh, I think this is pronounced Hello Paradol. Yeah. Halo paradol, I don't know, but it's an antipsychotic drug, and it, and some of some of which was was found in your system during the autopsy. Wait, so we've moved into theories, and based on what we're talking about, we're talking Sheila. about oh, Sheila. Oh, okay, Sheila. Yeah, right? we're talking about yeah, Sheila. Sheila, Sheila, did, Sheila, it. Sheila did it. Okay, because yeah. I was sorry. I was That's... sitting here, and I'm like, I'm like, okay, so we're talking <laughs> okay. more about Sheila. Was the okay? We all so have this the is script in this front is the justification us. that Sheila did it in the theories. Got this is continue this on talking reasons, about this. Later. Yeah, these are reasons to believe Sheila mm-hmm. did it. So um, she was on a drug. Yeah, so she was on, I think it's haloperidol uh, or something like that. It's an antipsychotic drug. But she had been on a, she, her dosage had just been reduced, right? Yeah, they had, like I, I had heard that they had cut it in half, yeah. So and that, it, was, it was an injection she had to it get. It was like a monthly thing, so I don't know how long ago she had gotten her, her, her monthly injection. I thought it was like a week. I was going to say it's really? a weekly injection, yeah. I think. Is I, oh, is it one weekly? Okay. I, I do want to mention while we're talking about the drugs that she was on and all that stuff, I know the perception is that people with schizophrenia are violent, but realistically, clinically, that's not the case. In fact, people with schizophrenia are more often the victims of violent cases than Mm -hmm. perpetrators of violent cases. That's not to say that they can't go crazy sometimes. There are Um, some who do that. And actually, usually that's linked to uh, drug use. And Sheila was using some drugs. She She was was also diagnosed as bipolar. Mm-hmm. So she would have fits of mania, mm-hmm. which 
When... And and so the whole thing with schizophrenia, right, is that very often you just disassociate from reality. You can't tell what's going on in your head and what's going on in reality. She thought she was the devil. She thought, but I just I want to make sure that because her mother called her the devil child. Right. Uh, she but thought, I do think she thought that her kids were the devil too. Yeah. She yeah. thought she kind of thought everyone was the devil for a while. She thought her mother was the devil. Yeah. So I but I do want to just mention that just because she's schizophrenic doesn't mean that she was violent yeah. or no. capable of something like this. Absolutely. But it right. does seem that. Her specific case, she might have been capable of something like this, and she might have Maybe. actually just kind of been guano crazy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, let's see. Uh, also, another reason I suspect Sheila could have done it is, again, I already mentioned this. Uh, Neville, when they had their struggle, if it was between the two of them, had already been shot four times. Mm-hmm. She had a rifle to use as a club. She also had, like we talked about before, the relatively uh, fresh blood yeah, the neck from wounds. her wounds. Yeah, the wounds, the wounds in her neck. And, and it does look, in the, from the pictures, there's some nice close-up pictures. I shouldn't say nice. It's, you know, they're close-up. But they're close-up. They're clear. And they appear, the blood appears to be still fresh and wet and, and not, not coagulated. coagulated. Not, yeah. yeah, it's nice and bright red, you know, how, mm. how dried blood. Yeah, it's, the, it's wet. Yeah. And yeah. it's thin, too. That's yeah. the other thing, right, is that, like, okay, if it was, like, thick really gooey things of blood well if it was even if it was just a lot of blood you would assume okay it's it maybe it hasn't congealed yet there's a lot there but it's like it's pretty thin streams because it does appear that she was shot and then fell backwards Mm -hmm. so it's not as though you know blood was rushing out of her it was just trickles of blood and it does it looks real fresh and it it really does and and the other thing that i will point out that i had noticed is that it is there two bullet wounds and they're pretty close together but they're mm-hmm. you know they're i mean it's what one is under the jaw and one is in the neck am i correct yeah yeah and they're the, about the, two inches apart or so yeah and when she fell backwards you notice the blood runs in the same direction yeah in mm-hmm. other words the path of it is is pretty uniform i mean they start to come together eventually mm-hmm. just because of the contours of her neck but it would have been pretty quick one after the other right and there was that burn mark or something they mm-hmm. originally Muzzle thought burn. there was like a, a little powder three, burn but there was a little powder burn there yeah. so she definitely it was it was quick and it was point blank yeah yeah no it's like the, they think the first one was maybe three inches away and then the, the second one was a contact mm-hmm. yeah and um you know, I mean, again, twenty-two rifles don't aren't terribly noisy, but especially if you get it pressed up against your uh, against mm-hmm. your chin, it's not going to make much noise at all. Mm-mm. So it could have even happened, probably happened when they were outside yeah. the house, yeah. if it was Sheila. Uh, and also, I t- the, the the defense team uh, got a blood sample from they found uh, Sheila's bio mom, and they compared that her DNA to the DNA in the blood of the silencer. This is according to the defense team. And they say the blood on the silencer wasn't Sheila's. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if that's true, then the only real physical evidence the prosecution has, which is that the silencer had to have been on the gun because her blood was inside the silencer, and therefore she couldn't have committed suicide because she couldn't have reached the trigger. Mm-hmm. That whole theory is out the window. Well, it's also probably worth mentioning that the burn marks mm-hmm. that that were on her body, right? They were consistent with the muzzle of the gun, not the, not Same the silencer. Same thing with Neville. Same yeah. thing with Neville, that they were consistent with the muzzle of the gun, not the silencer. Yeah. So I think that speaks pretty clearly to the fact that the silencer was probably not on mm-hmm. when the attack was carried out. And, you know, and 
this again comes back to my point of they're not very loud guns and people are a half a mile away. So over the course of, let's say, half an hour, 25 gunshots that are from a 22 rifle in a closed house probably aren't going to be heard, which is why the use of the suppressor is so just off kilter for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're far enough away. It doesn't have to have been on the gun during this entire thing. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, it would make sense. I don't know, maybe... Um, maybe shoot the kids, uh, shoot the kids first, and then... So nobody else knows. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. I, I mean, know. this is, of course, saying it's planned out, but... Yeah, I don't know. I know I... you've got more uh, here for yeah. for the fact that Sheila is responsible, correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, uh, I think I've mentioned that the, the defense also has found gun experts, as, as we talked about. Uh, and then uh, lastly, if... Um, I talked about this earlier. If Jeremy Bamber shot his sister, Sheila, how did he do it without a struggle? Yeah, she had no signs of, literally no signs of struggle on her, right? Not even bruises or anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't she have had a strong incentive to try to at least either fight back or try to get the hell out of the house? Yeah. You know, and wouldn't he have had to go and grab her and drag her back? Wouldn't she have, they've made a lot about the the fact that she had perfect fingernails and no no broken fingernails. Well, Mm -hmm. wouldn't she have been like, you know, falling all over herself to unlock the door and get out of the house and One he's grabbing think. her pulling her back in and she's, well yeah. yeah and i guess and, that comes a little bit back to me for the i don't know how strong the dosage of the medication she was on i know it was cut in half but i don't know well, you it, know some people are affected more by side effects than others if she was when as we said this, this drug was known to make people very sleepy yeah so if she uh-huh. was heavily sedative if that was one of the side effects she was experiencing it would it would be it would make sense but no. I, there's no mention of that being a side effect of hers. So. Yeah, no. It, it and seems, it seems like that would be a strong it didn't thing seem to like, suggest, Yeah, right? there, were, there were people that, were, that had witnessed her the, over the past day or two at the farm and said that she didn't seem... You she know, seemed normal. She, yeah, she didn't seem all drugged mm-hmm. out or anything yeah. like that. All right, so so much for Sheila. So Sheila is a strong contender. I think, I think she actually could be the, the guilty party here. Mm. Well, let's talk about Jeremy Bamber. So what do we got against him? What, what makes him look as good as a suspect? So his, his gr- girlfriend hates him. The girlfriend testified against him and said that he said all kinds of stuff. Uh, her roommates testified that he had said that he hated his family. Again, though. Uh, a- again, that doesn't prove really much of anything. Uh, 24-year-old it, D-bag, got to say yeah, stupid things. Yeah, his extended family thinks that he did it. Uh, and in fact, those guys went to the police with their suspicions a long time before the girlfriend went to the police. Mm-hmm. And they said they thought Jeremy was a suspect, and he, or he should be a suspect. It appears, you know, he didn't. He wasn't a great guy, but um, everybody thought he was insincere in his grief and that he was acting at the funerals. Uh, and then, of course, we talked about the, the big, huge grin in yeah. the car after the funeral. Uh, let's see, it makes the... me think, in Bamber's defense, in Jeremy Bamber's defense, it yeah. almost makes me think of Gone Girl. There's that scene where he's, some woman comes up and says, can I take my picture with you? Okay, sure. And just automatically smiles in the picture and then goes, oh, crap, that might not have been the best thing. And I can just see that same kind of weird brain process sitting in the back of the car. Person turns around, he's like, just kind of moons at him, just 
Because he didn't know what else to do. Okay, but also, yeah. I will say, again, you know, Joe has said this before. We've reiterated again and again and again. Just because he didn't like his family doesn't yeah. mean he killed him. I it's know. It's not yeah. outside the realm of possibilities to say he did not like his family. He and, just inherited a bunch of money. And that's why I'm bringing it yeah. up. And he was happy. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah. That's a gross thing. It feels icky to say. <laughs> yeah. But right. it's totally possible. Just because he was happy his family uh, was dead didn't, doesn't mean he killed his family. Uh, yeah. This, uh, this, no. I don't remember Devin managing to skeeve herself out in a long time. It's been a while. There yeah, go. I know. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. I, I, he had a lot of like anti-character witnesses. Uh, one of the family's employees said that Jeremy was, quote, quite a nasty piece of work, unquote. They had a farm, and one of the farmhands reported that Jeremy was cruel to the animals. Mm -hmm. And then Neville Bamber's assistant, Barbara Wilson, said that uh, Neville said to her once, quote, I must never turn my back on that young man, unquote. And he also told her in, in great confidence, not long before the murders, that he, he felt that his life, his life might be cut short and that he thinks it would be Jeremy, probably a shooting accident. Mm. But he felt like, there's a real possibility that Jeremy might be killing him. So that's another reason to kind of suspect that, well, maybe uh, some psychiatrists have, have diagnosed him as being a psychopath, although I have to admit other psychiatrists have said he's not. Yeah. Uh, I, I read a really interesting thing um, because this case came up on Reddit recently, and I was I reading saw a Reddit thread. post about that. Is that the one where there's that mega long post about summarizing the whole thing, and then about 13 comments underneath? No, this one was uh, what what case are you 50 50 on? You oh, know, yeah. Like, what do you like? It could this person could be just as innocent as they could be guilty. And one person said, um, you know what the thing is, is that I like I just don't like Jeremy Mayber. Like <laughs> he yeah. gives me the creeps. And I'm scared that I think he's guilty because I don't like him. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really good thought. Yeah. Because I think a lot of times we're not willing to admit to ourselves that because this person gives me the creeps doesn't necessarily mean that they're a murderer. But it also doesn't mean they're innocent. No. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard. This one's a hard one. Are they, I guess, are they the only two people? Because I... I kind of think there's a there's a third option There's a third here. party. There's a third party. But no, actually, I wanted to say one thing about Jeremy. Even though I, I think there's no evidence whatsoever except for one thing, which is the lights were out. When the popo, when the popo got there and Jeremy got there, the lights in the house were out. If Neville had gotten up to make his phone call, he would have turned the lights on. Now, I guess it's conceivable that if Sheila went in a rampage, she would have turned the lights off before she shot herself. But she really, may have done the rampage in the dark. Well, no, but oh, Neville would have turned the lights on turn, yeah. to make his phone call. Mm -hmm. So he would have turned the lights on. And I'm, I'm sure he wouldn't have shut the lights off and gone straight back to bed when he's got a loony psycho <laughs> no. with a rifle roaming, roaming the house. But I guess he could have turned the lights off to try to hide from her. But he doesn't Maybe. seem like the kind of hiding guy. His no. wounds big don't dude. seem like was, hiding Yeah, guy. he was a big guy. I... Uh, a big, strong, yeah, I mean, he's 61 or something like that, but he was still a, he was yeah, a he big was still guy. a vigorous guy, yeah. Yeah, it's not mm -hmm. as if he was a weakling that was going to hide behind a chair. Yeah, yeah. no, I think and it's, if you want to, like, uh, if you're running to get your shotgun or whatever, you, know, you want to, like, have the lights on so you can see what you're shooting at. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it's conceivable that uh, if Sheila did it, that after she got herself all cleaned up and everything, she would have shut the lights back off. And well, then if she killed herself, I guess if she saw the cops arriving, mm -hmm. because it's conceivable and actually likely, given the amount of time between when the cops showed up and when they finally went into the house, that she was still alive when they showed up. Yeah, that 
she heard the sirens or whatever saw the light. and thought okay if these lights are on they can see they can see me i'm gonna mm. turn these lights off or yeah. even that she was the female body she played dead in the kitchen mm. right because they were hanging around they were she waited yeah. until they walked away creeped upstairs turn you know keeps the lights off that she would have been trying to i don't know hide preserve herself something like that mm. or even that she had a some sort of episode and realized what had happened and turned the lights off because she didn't want to be around it. She didn't want to see it anymore. Yeah, I mean, all that stuff is possible. I'm just, I'm just saying that's. But a, I agree, it's, that is, it's it the, is hinky. The, the lights, uh, yeah, the lights are a little hinky. And of course, there's, it could have been somebody else entirely. It didn't have to be necessarily just Sheila or just Jeremy. Somebody else. Could I think have been... we all, do. We all think it's the same. Do you want to say on the count of three who we think the third person is? What the cousins? The co- ah. I don't think the cousins did it. No, actually, I've seen... Uh, I think the cousins called Wolf. I think that mm, the cousins... They cried Wolf. They cried Wolf. They cried Wolf after staging some things that we see in the photos that weren't there before. Well, exactly. Like this whole, the whole silencer thing. I think that somebody yeah. went, hey, this got some blood on it. Wham, 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 whacking it on the thing. Uh, the uh, mantle. Yeah. Oh, hey, I'll take this home. Hey, I know you brought that silencer home because they did. They didn't leave it in the house. They took it to their own home. You should call the cops. Oh, wow, that's great. Like, I can just see it because this family has just got, they, they all got gobs of money out of this mm-hmm. whole thing. Yeah, well, they Joe did. and I yeah. were actually talking about the fact that um, there's also the possibility that Jeremy may have not done it, but uh, we didn't mention. He might have engineered it. Uh, yeah, we didn't mention that. The dinner conversation of the night was, hey, Sheila, you're not doing so great. Remember how your sons were in foster care for a while? We're going to do that again. Yes. She probably did not react super great to that. And under the guise of, oh, I heard rabbits. I'm going to go kill them. Jeremy, you know, loads the gun, leaves it out instead of putting it away in the cabinet where it belongs, regardless of his intent, and says, hey, Sheila. On the way out the door. That's not going to go super great for you. And there's there's a gun there, so uh, <laughs> so, yeah. so so he said it so all up. See ya. He right? might have, or you know, knew. You he know, might have you said. Know, but we all have siblings. We all know how to push their buttons, right? That he would have said, "Oh, this is the button I need to push right now to just drive her." Yeah. Crazy. By the way, uh-huh. if this happens, your ex is going to end up with the kids, and you're never going to see them again. And mom and dad are going to lock you up. Mm-hmm. And blah, 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 blah. Mom and dad yeah. are going to get you committed. Get you committed. Yeah, and yada, absolutely. Yada, yada. So she yeah. thinks, okay, my only option is to kill. She calls Jeremy. He says, "All right, turn the lights off. You know, whatever. Right? I, I yeah. will be, option. Turn off the lights. Mm-hmm. I'll clean be over yourself in a up. I'll be over there uh-huh. soon. Comes with the police. She goes, oh crap. Shoots herself. Realizes she's hosed. Uh-huh. Yeah. The cousins then realize, okay, uh, that didn't go super great for anyone, but Jeremy's a kind of shady guy. We don't think he deserves the money. We think he's kind of a jerk. We, and we're so, pretty sure he did this. We'll we're see what sure we can do. It, so we'll see what we can do. Fabricates, you know, just a few bits of key evidence. Yeah. And uh, he's in jail for the rest of And this of whole life. thing is really hinges on... A few key pieces of that evidence. all came out. Ha- that all happily came out after the cousins brought those. Well, and, yeah, you know, did. if the girlfriend had never come forward, yeah. this guy would have never served a day. Exactly. 
Yeah. It was yeah. her testimony only. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think was, they, they, uh, if that's true, they rolled the dice. It was four and days, they right? Got lucky. So they said, "Oh, hey, uh, Julia, we hear things aren't going super great. You are you sure that's what? Are you sh- are you sure? Because here's uh, here's a couple thousand pounds." That says, uh, and a no jail time that says that maybe, maybe that's not what Jeremy said yeah. to you. Well, and you know, for her, she might've realized that was the only way she was going to roll sixes is yeah. she had to, she just had to turn over on him yeah. and lie. I, so I'm not willing to necessarily say that anybody is free of guilt, but I also, I don't, I think the evidence, the evidence I, points to Sheila. I think it, it points to does. Sheila, but then, it you does. know, it's, it is. It's genuinely one of those things but where I think I'm like 55, 45%. I'm a, I'm a little more, I, I'm a little more two-thirds to one-third. Mm-hmm. Two-thirds, I think it's Sheila. Although I, I do think it is a possibility that, because after all, you know, when you've got a paranoid schizophrenic in the house, is it really a good idea to leave a, lo- leave a loaded rifle no, sitting on the table? No, particularly when they're... Probably they're, having some sort of episode because they've received some bad news. Recently. Yeah, there might. So there might. And have their been, uh, their medication is lower than it normally is, and then the, your family sprung some. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it doesn't make him a murderer. It just kind of means he he pulled a sneaky one. That he's kind of a crappy person. <laughs> See, and I'm I'm seventy five, twenty five, and yeah. my twenty five is I'm seventy five that she did the killing. Mm-hmm. I'm twenty five that the police screwed it up so badly and the cousins meddled so well yeah yeah that he was you know he was the patsy yeah he was i i I think that it's i'm yeah he's most likely he's innocent so that's what we think yeah when you see things like the two phone logs said that it appears and damn it it's so too bad that they erased those tapes. Yeah. You know? I yeah. Mean, holy crap. And burned all the other evidence. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and when it comes right down to it, um, Jeremy Bamber would have been infinitely better off if his, if his girlfriend had rolled over on him right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that all that evidence would have, made, would have maybe been preserved. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And so it's too bad for him. And she didn't, I'm sure, mean to do him any favors, but uh, she, she didn't, I mean... I, What's the word I'm thinking of here? Uh, she didn't mean to do him any harm? Well, she did, obviously. She didn't mean to put I mean, him away from none life? Of it was, none of it was deliberate. She didn't like, oh, I'm going to wait exactly a month because I know 28 days. It wasn't planned out, yeah, no. No, it wasn't at all. But anyway, the whole thing is just uh, really a shame. I mean, I kind of hope he did do it because he's been in jail now for... 30... Hey, 30 years. Yeah, mm-hmm. almost 30 years. You know, So I kind of almost hope he did do it because if he didn't do it then oh my god that's horrible yeah, yeah. it really is yeah all right well if you guys have any uh, you guys have any other thoughts I or don't. theories no. or anything yeah mm. i think that uh i don't really know what i think jeremy bamber may just be innocent i think it's possible i think it's likely actually <laughs> uh, anyway let's uh let's, i'm just gonna do a little um a little bookkeeping here to wrap this thing up. Of Public course. service announcements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to know what our website is, I'm sure. You probably already know. But in case you don't, our website is thinkingsidewayspodcast.com. Uh, it's a place where you can listen to episodes. You can leave comments. So you can check our links to um, various informational stuff. Um, you can also find us on iTunes. Subscribe. Review us. A nice review, preferably. <laughs> but, you know, it's not required. As far as streaming, it's anywhere. There's lots. There's millions, billions, and billions of, uh, <laughs> of no. streaming services. Well, maybe not. Uh, but there's a bunch of them. 
Uh, we are on Facebook. We have uh, we have our, our page, and we also have a group, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And so, like so, us, follow us. Yep. Like us yep. and follow us. Join. Do the not group. friend us. Don't friend us. We mm-hmm. don't do anything on our regular page. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what else? We are on the Twitter, and we are thinking sideways. That's without that G. And, of course, we have an email. It's thinkingsidewayspodcast at gmail.com. And the subreddit. Don't forget the subreddit. Oh, yeah. We got a subreddit. It's called Thinking Sideways. Yeah. Just, yeah. Fi- just, just find us. Yeah. They, these guys always look at me like I'm crazy. No, I know you've been championing, championing the subreddit. It's getting there. Go. It's getting yeah. there. Oh, yeah. For sure. Uh, and last of all, we, uh, we're on Patreon. Patreon is like uh, it's where you go if you want to pledge a certain amount of money per episode. Um, it's like Run and, for the Arts. Yeah, it's kind of like that. It's, yeah, but yeah. for podcasts, that's yeah, totally optional. Uh, but if you feel like doing that, if you want to support us, uh, because you know, actually, uh, God, we just paid the bill for our hosting for the it's year. Really yeah, good. oh my we, god, we appreciate all that help. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, wow. Yeah, yeah so yeah. Patreon, I think keep going. <laughs> yeah, patreon.com forward slash thinking sideways, and that's it. So anyway, everybody, uh, next week we'll be back with another hard hitting mystery. Probably. We will. Yeah. Maybe. A right. couple of them. Yeah. yeah. All right. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Bye.